Hello, hello, my friend. You are listening to Tipod, and today I am so excited because we have Michael James, aka the Bougie Budgeter and founder of BougieBudgets.com, which is an online platform dedicated to teaching Gen Z professionals how to finance their best lives. So, upon graduating with her MBA focused in accounting, Michael became a certified financial literacy instructor. So, she has this fresh new take on managing money and finances which uses pop culture references and relatable language to help her audience understand confusing money concepts like budgeting, saving, and investing. So the goal here is to make positive money moves while still controlling your finances because you can only live your best life when it is properly financed. Today, I am so excited to have her join us because she is going to outline how to create the perfect automated personal finance system. So whether you're a Gen Z, a millennial, I don't even care if you're a boomer. This is the episode for you if you need to take a deeper look at your personal finance system and just get some things in order. Hi there. Thanks for tuning in to Tide Pod, a podcast crafted by Tiana Ty to help you purify your purpose in business, love, and life. Whether you're an entrepreneur, dog mom, or just getting started, you're bound to find value as Tiana dives into meaningful topics each episode. So, settle in, turn up the volume, and welcome your host, Tiana Tai. I've got to take just a quick second to ask you for a serious bit of support. TIEPOD would not be possible without your reviews, your comments, and just all of the positive feedback that we've been receiving so far. So if you haven't already, please go on, hit subscribe to make sure you're not missing out on any of this good and free content, and also be sure to leave a review. You may think that I'm not looking at them, but I swear to you, my friend, I read every single review and it just makes my heart so happy. So if you haven't already done so, Hit pause, leave a review, and then let's get back to the goodness. So without further ado, I would love it if you can introduce yourself to the Tidepod audience and just tell us a little bit about your entrepreneur journey so far. We're all ears. Hi, thank you so much for just reaching out. I'm excited to be here to chat again You've said so many kind words already, but I am Michael, aka the Bougie Budgeter, and I created the Bougie Budgets platform to engage, empower, and you know, educate young professionals about money and in a sense of not so strenuous or um what's the word? I don't like when people kind of tell you what is important and what's not important, right? Because money is used to not only help us survive, but to thrive and to live our best life. And my best life looks completely different from someone else's. And I think that a lot of times when I was trying to find financial help, especially as a 23-year-old, when I started, I started um, in 2019, I was 23 years old and I had been making more money than my mom did with my first job outside of college. So I was 22 when I when I started working corporate and I'm sitting at almost $70,000 and 
my mom only made $50,000. My parents actually together, I made almost half of their income by myself. And there was really no one to explain things about money in a way that didn't feel like it was attacking me or that didn't have a whole thing about don't go to brunch because that's what's killing your budget. When there are so many things that are actually killing my budget and brunch was not a part of that. So that's why I took my time to create an automated budgeting system. And I call it the financial flow because, you know, A budget is really hard to stick to. Actually, 60% of people who have a budget say that they cannot stick to a budget. And most of that is because they don't create the actual system. They're just looking at a, a basically a bad report card of how much money they've overspent or where they're, they're only looking at spending, but there are so many other things that are a part of your budget that I think a lot of these um, information about finances are lacking. So that's why I created the platform in general. So tell us a little bit more about the platform. Like if it's not just a bad report card, what is it actually showing us and how is it helping people to kind of automate their personal finances? Right. So it is a four-step process. It goes from understanding your income to moving to your expenses, because that's your biggest part. A lot of people are just focused on spending, but you need to know how much money is coming in and how much money is going out for mandatory bills. And after you understand your income and your expenses, that brings you to what's called your disposable income. So your disposable income is whatever is left after mandatory bills are paid, right? And then then step Three is to set up your saving and your investing because investing needs to be a part of your budget. And a lot of times like the 50, 30, 20 rule literally looks over the part of investing and investing is what's going to help you not only thrive, but grow your wealth because you're not going to get rich or become wealthy just in a high yield savings account. And that is just proof. You cannot become wealthy without investing. And then the last part, after your bills are paid and your savings is stacked, then it's time to spend whatever money is left over. And my method doesn't account for each and every little line item, like how much I'm spending on hair, brunch, or any other things. It's just one big spending pot and say, you know, you do $200 out of every check is your spending money. If that's $400 a month, but 200 every two weeks after you spent, it doesn't matter if I spent $200 on my hair or spent $200 on anything else, the $200 is gone. So I like to think of it in that simplified method instead of trying to track every small little detail because you know when you try to track everything you really track nothing so can i just tell you that i wasn't sure you know and i've never actually shared this with the tie pod audience so y'all are getting a behind the scenes peek into the finances of tiana tie and my husband darius tie what you're saying right now is reminding me of how kind of our money flow is structured so i want to test it with you and see if this is a good example of what you're talking about So our bank accounts, we basically have like one big pot, right? And that pot 
uh, takes in both of our incomes. And from there, all of our, you know, continuous expenses, the mortgage, all the bills, so on and so forth comes out of that pot. But something new we've been trying to implement is paying ourselves out from that pot with whatever money is left over. So we are saving, we are investing, we do have our emergency fund on top of savings. But every month or so, we're trying to pay ourselves somewhere between 150 to 300 is kind of our cap. And we just decide that on a monthly basis, kind of depending on what's going on in our finances at the time. So is that a good example of what you're talking about? Because the rule here is we don't get to nitpick each other <laughs> about what that 200 to $300 is going to. It's just that's your spending money. Do what you will with it. Absolutely. Like... That is where I have thrived because I tried to do that strict budgeting and say, you know, what is worth spending money on and what's not worth it. And we are emotional creatures and we spend emotionally. And it does not matter if this month I decided that I wanted to play The Sims and buy some add-ons, but my bills are paid. I don't, I'm not struggling to hit my savings goals because the savings has already been taken out. There is nothing else left to do with the money, but to spend it on something that's going to make me happy. So I love that. And that's pretty much what I teach. I teach you how to understand the flow of your cash from the beginning to the end. And that comes in handy with my accounting. It really matches with my background because that's how accountants are taught to think. We are taught from the influx all the way through the accounting cycle. And it's kind of my play on a simplified accounting structure that is really easy to follow. Ooh, I love that you're bringing in kind of your expertise within a slightly different field. But my question for you is, how have you taken that accounting mindset and simplifying it? Not even how, but in what ways do you see that as a benefit to entrepreneurs who are listening to this episode? So money is a system and that is the thing that you have to always remember. Money is a system. The banking industry is a system. And if you don't have a proper system for your finances, you are outside looking in. And what I do for my clients, for myself, is because I created it for myself and for whoever else wants to, you know, get a hold of their finances is to help you be on the inside looking out over your system versus being on the outside trying to understand what's happening on the inside. Gotcha. So it's kind of taking that bird's eye view approach, right? Absolutely. Because when you have the system, it's much easier. Think of it like a car. You know, you have all the notifications on the car. The car is always going to run correctly. But if there's something wrong, there's going to be a notification or something that's going to alert you when something is wrong before it actually completely shuts down. But a lot of times we are waiting until we hit financial rock bottom or something completely shuts down you know, we our thing our bills are sent to collections and things are much worse. We're waiting for the much worse to happen before we actually try to make a change. And I'm trying to stop people from waiting to hit financial rock bottom. 
Absolutely. And nobody wants to hit that. So earlier on, you gave us kind of the high level overview of creating the perfect automated personal finance system. But I'm wondering if you were speaking to an entrepreneur right now, who is essentially like, I've just kind of been winging it. Uh, You know, I'm not terrible with money, but I don't all the time know how much money is in my bank account because I may be calling myself out on this one right here. Uh, But what would you say to them in terms of the steps that they can take for themselves to start kind of straightening all of this out? So the first step is to get involved in your finances. So if you have terrible money management on your personal finance skills. You're going to have terrible money management on your business money skills. And that may have a much larger effect on you and anybody else who you're impacting with your business than you may realize. And it's it's a really big problem sometimes because I understand, especially if you're a creative or you're a content creator, like you want to focus on being creative, but you, you know, having a thriving business, but you can't have a thriving business without money, right? So you have to do your due diligence. Number one is to use some type of system that is going to help you track your spending because that is a big part of business. And even I do when I first started, well, you know, I'm still pretty new into the entrepreneurship game and Sometimes you just want so many things. And especially if you have the full-time job that's going to supplement that that income before you start really making money in your business, you might just start spending so much and you're not really giving value to what you're spending on, especially me. So I'm going to use myself as an example. I was a sucker or like a course junkie. Like I would purchase everybody's online courses and go and some of them I have not even gone through or ebooks and all these things that I've never gone through. I've never sat down and read actually, but you know, the marketing made me think that I needed it to be a successful business owner. And when I actually sat down to look at how much I spent for the first year in business, I'm coming up on one year and I've spent like $11,000. And I was like, what is going on? You know, I wasn't bringing in so much money, but I'm spending all this time and money on courses and coaches and things like that. And I'm not really analyzing the purchases and understanding why I should be doing this and what effects does this have to my bottom line? And these are questions that you need to be having for your personal finances as well. You know, like what benefits does brunch give to me? What benefits do, you know, social activities give to me? What benefits does investing give it to me? And if you can't come up with at least two things that is going to benefit you from spending some money, then you should reevaluate how you're spending and what's your, your bottom goal and your overarching theme of, you know, spending money. I love, honestly, where this conversation has taken us because I feel like I can really relate to it as an entrepreneur within my first few years of business because much like you, when I first started, like, I'm not one of those people who is a super free spender. I've always been relatively, you know, responsible with my money. But I will say especially when you're first starting out, it's really, really easy to convince ourselves, ooh, 
I do need this course or ooh, I need coaching from that person and I need to go to this event and I need to do this and so on and like down the freaking money drain rabbit hole, right? <laughs> and it really is so easy to convince ourselves of that. And um, I was just thinking from my own experience that while And I don't want to scare somebody away, so I want us to be careful. Some of those investments, and I'm sure you can attest to this too, were totally worthwhile. But at the same time, what she is telling us right now is like, you better have a couple of very definable reasons as to how this is going to help you generate money in your business. And even if it's kind of like delayed gratification, you better know how this is going to impact our ROI, right? Is that what you're kind of telling us here? Yeah, absolutely. For example, I bought an accelerator course and it is an absolute phenomenal marketing accelerator and it has helped me in so many ways. But had I waited until my workbook was already finished and I had already started, you know, growing my email list and growing my presence and all of these things, if I had literally waited probably like five months before I purchased the accelerator, I would have gotten so much more use out of it versus buying it when I first started because I was convinced like, okay, well, I'm going to do these things. So I need to know how to to do the marketing and things like that. And for the first six months, I have it for a year. For the first six months, I did not really use it because there was no use for me. It did not impact my ROI in the beginning because it was not helpful. My business was not ready. And that is the other thing that you have to understand as a business owner. When When is your business ready for certain things? So as new business owners, we create the idea in our mind that, you know, we want to skip to the end or we want to have everything perfect. And the best thing that you can actually do is to start working first, figure out where the holes are, and then find something to supplement whatever holes that you find, like say, if it is for marketing, like you have tried to do marketing one way and then you realize that you have some problems. So now it's time for me to go and get the marketing accelerator. And when I kind of did that opposite, that's how I ended up spending so much money within my business for the first year because I was not, I just wanted to make sure that I had everything perfect instead of trying to do things first. And that is that's something that you have to watch out for, especially when you are new to entrepreneurship. Also, this is a side note, but be keen to the type of marketing tactics that people use that limited time offer or creating that sense of urgency. Most of the time they're offering it for like two weeks. It's fine. Or like for the next six months, you are completely fine. You don't need it right then and there. And you need to really evaluate the holes and the plot holes in your business before you can start adding all these extra courses. So that's one of my biggest takeaways that I've gotten from when it comes to money and, you know, purchasing things, because when you're in your business, you can always justify like, oh, some, I will use this someday. And if it's not adding to any revenue generation in the current, like, or within the next six months, it should, it probably isn't, shouldn't be on your radar to purchase. Yes, I totally get that. And uh, 
you just gave me this thought. And again, I love to pressure test things with my experts. So I'm going to pressure test this with you. Uh, But one of, again, I was kind of like you and I bought a lot of things that maybe I didn't need. Most of them turned out okay, but there were a couple of words kind of like raising an eyebrow, you know, but um, if we are entrepreneurs and we are looking to be responsible with our personal and business finances, but at the same time, we all know it's valuable to invest in ourselves, which is something that you and I both agree on. Uh, would you say that some sort of kind of metric, so in the same way that people will save 20% of their earnings, invest 10% of their earnings, and so on and so forth, like, would you say that maybe even just setting a funding my new business investment budget would be really helpful to people? What do you think about that? Absolutely. If your business is important to you, then it should be factored into your budget. And until you start really getting consistent income, then you are going to be the person that is supplementing the income from your nine to five or or what have you. So I do that for myself personally. I set, you know, like $400 aside every month to put into my business. That's a part of my investment portfolio, honestly. And I think that we have to change the way we're looking at what investing means. Because to some people, when you hear the word investing, you're automatically thinking the stock market. And I want to stop you right there. That is not true. That is not the only way to be an investor. There are so many different ways to be an investor. You can be a stock market investor, but you can be an angel investor. That's something that's really interesting to me that I want to get into in the future. You can be a real estate investor or you know, you can be invested into your own business. And what that looks like is taking some of your money and putting it into your business. One thing that I want you to also take away is that you are separating your business and your personal finances. And I'm not talking about just having your own like Capital One or just a specific debit card that you're using for, you know, your business. Go and take the necessary steps that you need to open up a business account. And I think that especially as black entrepreneurs, we are not doing those things correctly. You need to be funneling your personal funds, taking, moving your personal funds into your business account and paying for your business things through your business account, because this is what happens. Um, and this is the account enemy coming out. Now you have the paper trail. Um, Now, when you want to start applying for certifications like a minority-owned business, a women-owned business, um, a veteran-owned business, you have to have these things. You have to have a business account. On your QuickBooks or whatever accounting software you're using, you have to show that your money is going through a business account. And, you know, we need to create our businesses to have the correct financial infrastructure. And the main way is, is to use a business account. There is a great resource called Aslo, A-Z-L-O, and they are giving um, free business accounts. And, you know, you just have to have your registered LLC or sole proprietorship or what, what have you, but you need to be using a business account, a business banking account. You need to have a card that says, you know, 
my business LLC on it and making sure that you have a clear separation because when it comes time to file taxes or when it comes time to scale your business, you need to have that clear separation. This episode is brought to you by Interact. Remember those BuzzFeed quizzes like, what type of ice cream are you? Yeah, Interact is a tool for creating quizzes just like those, except it also acts as a way for your business to generate leads and build that oh-so-important email list. I use it to host my quiz, What's Your Enneagram Leadership Type? With hundreds of ready-made templates and the option to create unlimited quizzes from scratch, you will literally have hundreds of opportunities to attract the right clients, especially new ones. Don't miss out on this beautiful opportunity to grow your business in a fun and unique way. You can sign up for Interact today by heading on over to the show notes and getting a link to create your first quiz for free right now. That's right. I said it is free 99 to create your first quiz. It doesn't get much better than that. Whoa. So we just took a turn into some serious stuff and I'm really, really glad we're talking about it. Uh, My initial gut reaction is first to just ask you to confirm At what point do you believe new entrepreneurs should be setting up the business account? Is this like if you can day one or as you, you know, start continuously buying things for your business, go ahead and open one up? Like, what is your opinion on that? Girl, as soon as you can, as soon as that LLC comes in the mail, the ink is dry, go ahead and apply for a business or see what you what you need to apply for it. I know, again, for Aslo, that's where I'm using my banking right now. It's completely free. And all I really needed was an LLC and to show proof that I have a business, right? And what is so necessary about that is when it comes time to do taxes, you are not scrambling trying to figure out. And I'm saying this from experience because I did this. I didn't open my business account until March, right? And I've been doing things since last May. And actually I've been I've been purchasing like I purchased my website and all of those things since last March. So I had to go back through and comb every single one of my bank statements and figure out what was for the business and what wasn't and I'm telling you, it is so much harder to do things retroactively than proactively. And let's, you know, be on the focus of being proactive, right? And get that business account as soon as possible because it's not, you don't have to prove that you have income or you've made sales or anything because businesses do run at a at a loss. So you don't have to have all of the, that proof to open up a business account, all you need at the most is a letter of good standing, an LLC, and all of those come, you know, when you register with your city or with your state. And probably the other thing that you'll need is a business plan. And that's all you'll need to open up a business account. And you need to have a business account to start funneling things through. And that is going to be so much better when it comes to your business taxes. And it's going to be a lot easier when it comes to filing and sending, you know, information to an accountant and all those kind of things. So the sooner, the better. 
Yes. And can I just say, I also want to speak from personal experience because I know a lot of times when we have conversations like this, some people can get kind of scared or they're like, you know, what the heck? I don't have any of those things. And from my personal experience, I just wanted to chime in and say that, you know, whether you have the LLC, the sole proprietorship, the S Corp, like all of these fancy schmancy things that I couldn't even break down for you right now if I tried, because that is not my zone of expertise. Uh, Something that's been really beneficial to me personally, just as I was navigating that first year and kind of trying to get my feet on solid ground because I didn't know about any of this stuff is the first time, and I will just be 110% transparent here, is my first year completing taxes as a business owner. Again, I did not have an LLC, an S Corp, a sole proprietorship, any of those things set up. But what served me well was having an expert in tax who did work with entrepreneurs on a regular basis who could help me navigate that season and tell me what numbers to get together and when. And then he went ahead and advised me on what I needed to go ahead and get set up so that the next time we did my taxes, we were in good shape. So I think that you would agree with me here that this is not a gloom and doom. Like we're not saying you're screwed if you didn't do this. Like that's not what we're saying. You can do things retrospectively. But for the person who is listening right now who does have the time to get that foundation set ahead of time, this could be really beneficial and save you some headache, right? Yeah, absolutely. And again, I did things retroactively. I had to comb through all of my personal finances to figure out what was for the business and what wasn't for the business. And not that it couldn't have been done. I mean, it absolutely got done. And it took me some time. And now that I'm caught up, I feel so much better. Like, great. Now I have everything in one place and I can send it over to my tax preparer and she knows exactly what's happening. And I'm going to be honest too. I didn't really think about getting a business account or getting a business bank account and all that stuff, getting it really all squared away until I decided to get my business certified. And that is a whole different can of worms, but I'm working with someone great to help me navigate the business certification. But getting my business certified as a minority-owned business or a woman-owned business, they require their own plethora of documentation. And that kind of gave me the kick in the pants to make sure that all of my back-end stuff was solid so that I could be certified. So then I can start working with corporate clients. But that is like a whole different strategy for another podcast. (laughs) Yeah, I actually like I'm thinking about it in the back of my head. I want to pick your brain about that later on. Um, Absolutely. Would you recommend to the entrepreneurs that are listening right now that don't necessarily have that bank account set up yet, right? Like you've given them the kick in the pants, they need to get it situated. But would you recommend that they even potentially just start a super simple spreadsheet or something like that just to track those business expenses until they kind of get their back end cleaned up? Yeah, absolutely. So then that would be your next step. So if you aren't really ready to get all that back-end stuff put together, like I said, your personal finances needs to be put together. And now is the perfect time to decide to use only one card, you know, for your business stuff. And that's that's what I was doing at first. So have one personal bank, 
whatever, if it's going to be like a Capital One or something, open that and have that account specifically only for your business things or your business needs. And that's what you're going to use that account for. And that will be your first step until you can get all the fancy stuff, making sure that you're only using one thing, one card for that for business spending. And that's something that you should also be doing with your personal finances as well. I have like three different bank accounts and they all serve a specific purpose. This is one thing that I talk about in my personal finance workbook, uh, the three bank accounts that you need. So you need an account for your spending, you know, for that discretionary spending, whatever is left over, you need an account for bill pay. And that's going to be a checking account that's like with a major bank or credit union. And that card stays locked up in your house. You do not take that out. You do not spend that. You don't use that card for anything else but to pay your bills. And then your last account is going to be with the bank for your saving. And actually, I even recommend maybe not even having a card attached and just having a strict online high yield savings account that does not have any type of debit transactions that you can use. And those are like the three basic bank accounts that you need to separate your money because that is really what's going to be the key is to separate money that doesn't get muddled. And then as a business owner, have that extra business account, that personal checking account, but a business checking account that you use strictly for your business funds until you have a business account. Oh my goodness. So first off, I really like that hack. I think that that is a super easy to think about way to start separating out that business from the personal. So just use a separate bank account and try not to mix the two. I think that's a really good idea, actually. And then the second thing I wanted to say is I feel like you would be so proud of me because I have all the accounts you just talked about and you've never coached me on this before. So I'm like hair flipping over here, really geeking out about it. Yes, I'm proud of you. I love it. So I think that we have just gotten such good, valuable information from you about just really setting up some of that foundation around our personal and business finances. So for that, I want to say thank you so much just for sharing with our audience today. Now, I want to give you a second just to talk about the resource that you're going to be providing the Tide Pod audience. Can you share a little bit about the resource that we're going to give them? So I have a workbook and this is for your personal finances and it is basically everything I'm talking about today, minus the entrepreneur stuff. This one's only focused on your personal finances, but it takes you through the absolute system that I have been describing this entire time. It takes you through understanding what your income is, how to look at your expenses, but also I added some, because this is my second installment of the workbook, I added some templates of how to negotiate some of your bills, which is a big deal. A lot of people don't even know that you can negotiate bills. And listen, when I tell you, I call every one of my service providers every three to six months just to see what kind of deals I can get and how I can lower my expenses every three to six months. So that is included in the workbook. Also included in the workbook is how to set up the automation. So the automation is, you know, not only your direct deposit, but how to really get your bank accounts to talk to each other and create the system. So once you know what the system is, again, like that car, 
you have the notifications. So if something is going wrong, you can just go check on it and you're not there afterwards after the fire has already kind of been set. <laughs> and then then understanding your spending. I'm really big into goal setting and habit commitments. And that's also a part of the workbook. Wow, I'm thinking about this workbook. This is just an all-in-all guide. <laughs> yeah, this, this is a good workbook. I'm sitting here thinking about like, ooh, y'all think this is just for y'all, but guess what? I'm the host and I get access to all of these things. So I'm excited. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Will you share with us where everybody can find you, where you are on Instagram and your website and all of that good stuff? Right, so my website is bougiebudgets.com. And I am the bougie budgeter on Instagram and bougie is spelled B-O-U-J-I-E because bougie with a G looks like boogie to me. So I always like the bougie with the J and that is where you can find me. I'm the bougie budgeter or bougie budgeter everywhere. Twitter would not let me have the the because they have a very strict letter count, but um, the bougie budgeter, bougiebudgets.com. And also just for this high pot audience, I would love if you are really interested in getting the workbook, you can go ahead and use the code word Tipod, and you can get the workbook for $20 instead of the regular $39. Beautiful. I know everybody is going to be super excited for that. So I just want to say thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for feeding into the Tipod audience, and we had a great time. Thank you so much. And, you know, reach out to your girl. I do answer DMs that are not crazy. Okay, great. Uh, <laughs> no one in the iPod audience is crazy, so you're going to be good there. <laughs> Perfect. Thank you. Bye.